running daf tesvav min beis. We're beginning at the bottom of tesvav min aleph, two lines from the bottom. Kol zayenu shoveli haman said, all of this is not worth anything to me. So zayu will see haman beis is referring to all of his possessions, all of his wealth. And Amr Rabbi Yelaza, Amr Rabbi Chanina, b'shashira haman is mordechai yoshiv b'shar melech. When haman saw mordechai sitting there b'shar melech, Amar kol zayenu shoveli. He said, all of this, all of my money is not worth anything to me. Why? Kedrev chizda. This one, Mordechai, was coming with the claim of wealth. And this one, Haman, he was coming with the claim of poverty. And Rashi explains that what this means is that Haman sold himself to Mordechai as a slave. There's a story that Achashver uh, sent Haman and Mordechai to lead two battalions to a certain battlefront, and they were given provisions, and Haman squandered his, and Mordechai saved his responsibly. And basically, Haman came desperately to Mordechai to provide for him, and Mordechai did so in exchange for uh, Haman selling himself. Amr Papa Vakarule, they would call him Avda, the slave, the Mizdabin, who was sold by Talmi. And Rashi adds it into the Bach, adds it Talmi Nahama for loaves of bread. Haman was the slave that sold himself to Mordechai for bread. And therefore, when Haman saw Mordechai, he would say, All of this, all of my money is not worth anything to me. What's that? What's he pointing to? What's he referring to? Malame, this teaches us Shekol Ganaz of Shlosa Russia, all of his storehouses, all of his possessions, everything, every last detail is Chakukin Alibo, is engraved in his heart. In other words, it's so dear to him, it's so thought about, and on the top of his mind, it's it's right there engraved. Ubashashiroz, Mordechai, but when he would see Mordechai Yoshimish Haramelech, Mordechai, who really owned it all, Amr, he would say, Kozai, all of this is not worth anything to me. Is destined to be a crown on the head of each and every tzaddik. like it says in the pasuk, right? lavo. On that day, Hashem Tzvakos, Hashem Tzvakos will be a what? La teres tzvi So the Gemara is going to go through each and every stage of the pasuk. My la teres tzvi. What does it mean? He's going to be a crown of beauty, literally. And Sefiras Tifara is another expression of, of the same thing. But the Gemara explains it means he's going to be a crown. Sevi means Laosi in Sivyonu. To those who do his will. Sefiras Tifara means Lemitzapin Tifarto. To those who hope for his, uh, his glory. In other words, they hope to see that the glory of a Kaddish Baruch Hu should be shown in the world. Yachalakal. So I would think that it applies to anybody. Anybody who is Osin Tzivyon, who does the Ratzin of Hashem, and is Mitzapin Tifartu, he hopes to see the splendor of Hashem, so hope he's Zolchit to this crown. Tamalomer, for that the Pasuk says, no, L'Sha'or Amo, only L'Sha'or Amo. What does that mean? For somebody who makes himself like leftovers, meaning somebody who possesses qualities of humility. Humble people, another. Uluruach Mishpat, and then the Pasuk goes on to say, and somebody who possesses a Ruach Mishpat, a spirit of justice. What does this mean? This means that Adon is Yitzhar. This is somebody who judges his Yitzhar. Rashi says it means he forces himself to do Tshuva. He's Nitzhar, but then he does Tshuva. Uluyoshiv ala Mishpat, and he sits in judgment. What does this mean? This is somebody who judges justly, fairly, not, uh, not corruptly. With the Gvura, and then somebody who possesses Gvura strength, Zamiz Gabriel Yitzhak. This is somebody who overcomes the Yitzhak in the first place, not to sin. Meshiv al they bring back the war, the Mochama, 
the battle, which battle is it referring to? They give and take in the battle of Torah. Sha'ara, they bring back the Muhammad to the gate. Which gate? This again is a reference to the They get up early and they stay late at night in the shuls and in the Bati Medrash. Now, Amr Midas Adin, if now Kaddish Baruch Midas Adin says before Kaddish Baruch Hu, Why are these any different than them? So what's the Pshat over here? It's not so clear. From the Hamshech of the Gemara, it seems that it's referring to the Goyim. Why are the Goyim different than Klai Yisrael? Meaning to say, if Goyim would do all of this, why will they not be Zohar to what Klai Yisrael will be Zohar to, to this crown? Amr la Kaddish Baruch So Kaddish Baruch says to Midas Adin, Well, Yisrael, Asku B'tayr, besides all of this, they are Osik in Torah. Whereas Musa Olam, Lo Askubatara, they weren't Osik in Torah, so they can't merit what Klaishal can merit. They're not going to have this crown. And then Amrle, then Midas Adin says to Kadishbarhu, Gam Ela, and also these, the members of Kla Yisrael, who will not be Zochit to this, but Yain Shagu, they sinned with Yain, they erred with wine, Vashekhartao, and they went astray because of intoxicated drinks. Paku Pulia and Ifrahanim will judge them. In Paku El Ganim, Paku is but nothing but Gehenim. It's never like it says, Lotia, Zos Lechalapuka, let this not be for you for a stumbling block, meaning a, re- a reason to fall down into Gehenim. Vain Pliliya, Eldeim, and Pliliya means the judges, like it says in the Pasuk, Shnemar, Venasim, Beflilim, it'll be given over to the judges to decide. It says the Gemara Vaiter. It says in Megillah, Vatamod, Bachatzer, Besamelech, Apanimi, and she stood, meaning Esther stood in the courtyard of the Melech, in the inner courtyard. Amr Rabbi Levi, when she reached the Beit HaTzlam in the room where Shverosh had his idols, the Shechina left her. So she says before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Keili, Keili, Lama Zavtani, why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? Shema, could it be that you judge a person for what they do by accident, like what they do by purpose? And you judge a person for what they do by force, as though they did it by Ratzon? I'm only doing this because I have no choice. It's an onus. Why are you leaving me? Oh, or perhaps the reason why you're leaving me is Shema. Perhaps it's Al Shakurasif Kalvat because I called Achashverish a dog. Like it says, Shinemar Hatsila Mishayav Nafshi, save me, save my soul from the sword. We got Kalvichidasi from the hands of the dog, save my, my singular Neshama. Chazra, so she, Tried again the Karasu Arya and she called Achashosh a lion. She never like it says Hoshi Eini Mipi Arya, save me from the mouth of the lion, and uh, and she hoped that Karsh Baruch Hu would be with her because of that. Now, what what does it mean that she called him a caliph? It means that she said she's only in the hands of a caliph. She's not in the hands of a caliph. She's in the hands of uh, of an Arya. You can't be mezalzel in uh, in what's going on. But Yikyos Melech Esther. It says. That when the Melech saw Esther Amalka, the Pasa goes on to say there, Nasachain Be'inav, and then, Vayosha the Melech Esther Shavit Azel. So he saw her, and she found favor in her eyes, and he reached out to her the, the scepter. So Rabbi Yochanan says, What are all these things? Shlosha Malachi Asharis, and he's down with the three Malachi Asharis presented themselves to Esther at that time. One of them raised up her neck, so that she should be seen by Echashverish. And one that drew a string of kindness of chesed over that she should find favor in Achishverosh's eyes. And one that stretched out miraculously the shavit, the scepter, in Achishverosh's hand. Achishverosh needed to touch Esther with the shavit, and she was out of his reach, so he miraculously stretched out the shavit. How much did he stretch it out? 
Well, stay amos. It was two amos to begin with. And he made it 12 amos. He made it until 16 amos. We must need to turn on the rice that says, she should be extended to 60 amos. You find the same thing with the arm of Baspara when, when Moshe Rabbeinu, well, his little baby Moshe was floating in the river and Baspara goes down and she sees him. She reaches out her arm to take him and he was well out of her reach and Malach came and extended her arm to reach it. You have the same thing. You find the same thing with the teeth of the Rishayim. Like it says in the past, the teeth of the Rishayim, you broke. Don't read it. You broke the teeth. El after you extended, you elongated the teeth. And Rashi mentions a Gemara in Brachos. It says that this is referring to Ogmel Chabashan. Ogmel Chabashan picked up a mountain and put it on his head, and he was carrying it to throw it on Klaisal. And Kashbaruch brought ants to come and eat away at the middle of the mountain, and they uh, actually eat, ate a hole out of the mountain, and it fell down around Ogmel Chabashan's head. And it sat on his uh, on his shoulders, around his neck. And then he wanted to remove it, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu extended his teeth down into the mountain, and he wasn't able to remove it. For Uf and Amar, Meshur he said in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, he heard from his Rav, Rabo, he heard Rav from his Rav, Masayim, that the scepter of Achashosh extended to 200 Amas. So obviously... There's some significance to these different numbers. The morale explains them. Let's go on. The Melech said to Esther, You should say, Malach, Esther, Amalka. What, 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 what do you want? What is your request? Until half of the kingdom, you should say, It will be given to you. Whatever you want, I'll give to you. What's he referring to? Not the whole Malchus. It means, Not something that's going to divide the Malchus. I'll give you everything except for something that's going to divide my kingdom. Umayni, what is that? Binyan Beis Hamikdash. That's the Binyan Beis Hamikdash. Achishvesh understood that the Binyan Beis Hamikdash would interfere with his malchus. He wasn't prepared to give that to Esther. So Esther says, "What do I want? To let the Melech and Haman come tonight to the party that I'm going to make for them." Esther tells Achishvesh, "I want you to invite Haman to a party." The Bible says, what did Esther see? What was Esther thinking? That she invited Haman to a party. What What was the idea? So Rabbi Yazir, so we have here 12 sheets. Rabbi Yazir says, it says, she was setting up for him a trap. She was hiding traps for him. She never, like it says, let their table be before them for a pach, for a, for a trap. Somehow during the meal, he'll stumble and he'll fall, he'll do something wrong and Achashosh will become upset with him. Yeshua, Yeshua says, that she learned from her father's home. Remember, like it says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him bread. Somehow by feeding him, that will be the way to overcome him ultimately. Rabbi Meir says, she invited Haman so he shouldn't take the counsel, the advice of somebody else, and rebel against She wanted him to be there, to see that maybe she was on her side. She was inviting him, and he wouldn't be suspicious of anything. And he wouldn't consider the possibility of actually rebelling against Achashverosh. She needed Achashverosh to be in control so he could decide when he would want to get rid of Haman. Yehuda Omer, that he did it, she did it, that people shouldn't recognize he should do. Her greatest fear was that people should recognize that she's a Yehudist. She needed to maintain that element of surprise until the right moment. Rabbi Nechem Yomer, Rabbi Nechem said, that Klai, so shouldn't say, we have a sister, Rabbi Samelech. 
and then they would be Mesiach Das, they would be not focused on asking for Rachamim, meaning to say they were davening here for three days, davening for mercy from a Baruch Hu. If they would be confident and think we have a sister, Esther Malka, and she'll take care of everything, they won't daven. She didn't want that to happen. She wanted them to be nervous and think that they really need to daven. Why did she do it? That Haman should be there. Meaning, she never knew when she'd have an opportune moment to tell Achashverosh to get rid of Haman. And if Haman wouldn't be there, so it might not happen. Maybe a Kaddish Baruch will feel what she has to do, how low she has to stoop in order to to deal with this Haman. And maybe because of that, we'll do an ace. He says what she was saying was, I'll show him smiley faces. In other words, I'll almost flirt with Haman in front of Achishverosh. So that him and I will both be killed. Haman will, uh, Achishverosh will kill us both. He'll think that I'm trying to make some kind of relationship with Haman. He was a, a wishy-washy melech. He would change his mind in a second, so if Achishosh would decide to get rid of Haman, she needed to have Haman there, so that he couldn't have an opportunity to change his mind. Amr said, We still need the opinion of the Modai, Rabbi Elazar Modai Datani, like it says in the Bryce, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Elazar Modai Omer, Kinasu b'melech, Kinasu b'sarem. Esther was setting things up, that everybody should be jealous of Haman. Kinasu b'melech, the melech is jealous that Haman is... Invited to his wife's party, Kinasubasarim, all of the other officers and government officials are jealous of Haman that he's the only one of them invited to the party. Everybody is upset and jealous of Haman. That's exactly where Esther wants Haman to be. Rabbi Amar Rabbi says it's an idea of Lifnei Shever going before the break, before the downfall. There's a go and there's a period of great uh, success, great heights. So Haman has to ascend great heights before he can come stumbling down. She's setting him up for that fall. I will make their party. It's referring to Boshatzer. They came back from war and they had a party where they became drunk and that's when Boshatzer died. And the Bain Rav said in a similar way, she understood that somehow, maybe even intuitively, the, the Mapala would come like it did then through this Suda. Okay. Rabbi Ravua found Elio. Amrle, and he said to Elio, "Kaman Chazia Esther v'Avdahachi." Like who? Like which of these twelve reasons did Esther see fit and do what she did to invite Haman? Amrle, so Elio told Rabbi Ravua, "Kikulu Tanoi v'Kikulu Amurai." She did it. She thought of all the reasons, all the Tanoim's reasons, all the Amurai reasons. Everything passed through her mind. The Bosik says that after this party, Haman comes home. He's elated by Sapulham Haman is Kvodashra over Banav, and he tells his family about the honor, about the wealth, about the Rov Banav, his abundance of children. What does it mean, Rov Banav? How many children did he have? How many were they? Amarav says, Rav Shloishim, Lamed, he had 30 children. Asara makes 10 of them died. Asara and Itlu, 10 of them were hanged. Asara, Mechazin, Absakim, 10 of them became poor, and they were uh, going from door to door asking for handouts. The sons that were begging from door to door, there were actually 70. He had 70 of those. That means he had a total of 90 sons. To see, like it says in the Pasuk, the ones who were full, they had to hire themselves out to have money to buy bread. 
Altikrisim, don't read Sevein, ones who are full, who are satisfied. Ella Shivim, 70. Rabbi Rabba, Rabbi Rabba said, Kulan, Masayim, Vishwain, Havu. All of his sons were 208. Why 208? Shinemra, like it says, Verov, Banif. And Verov is the Gematria of 208. And the Gemara says, Is it Verov? The Gematria of Masayim, Verabeser, Havu. Rov, Verov is the Gematria of 214. Right? Vav is 6. Resh is 200, 206. Another Vav. Is another six is twelve two hundred and twelve and base is two two hundred and fourteen. So Rav Nachman that word verov verov it's written without a vav in the middle. So if you subtract six from two hundred and fourteen, you get two hundred and eight. You get two hundred and eight children. The pasuk says Balayla who on that night literally it shook the sleep of the king, meaning to say the the sleep of the king was disturbed. Who's the king? It means that the sleep of a Kaddish Baruch Hu was disturbed. Kaddish Baruch Hu woke up. So Rashi explains, it's like the marshal, Kaddish Baruch Hu was, as it were, Kaviyachal sleeping, and now he woke up to avenge his covet and to uh, to deal with Haman. Rabbanin and Rabbanin say, Naradu al-Yainim, the Malachim, their sleep was uh, was disturbed. Naradu Tachlonim, and because of them, the Tachlonim, Ha'chashverish, his sleep was disturbed. Rashi explains them, the Malachim were either uh, putting scary ideas into uh, into Achashverish's head, you're an ingrate, or uh, or they were davening, as it were, from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and that disturbed Achashverish's sleep. Rav, Rav said, the Pasuk means, the sleep of the king Achashverish itself was disturbed. Pasha, Achashverish couldn't sleep. He was just thinking about the events that had transpired that day. The idea fell into his mind, and he couldn't sleep. Amar, he said, Maida, come on, what happened here before me? Does Aminte Esther the Haman that Esther invited Haman to this party? Why is Esther inviting Haman? Could it perhaps be that they're uh, planning some plan, some evil plot against me to kill me? Then he said, well, if that's true, isn't there somebody who loves me that would let me know this? Then he said, Maybe there is a person who once did me a favor, and I didn't repay him. And people see me as a, as a king that's ungrateful. And therefore people are, uh, are avoiding uh, telling me. So immediately when he thought of that, he said to have brought before him the name, the Sefer, the Book of, of Memories, the Chronicles, the, the History, and they were read out, the words were read out, this teaches us that the words were actually read out, on their own, somehow, the words themselves are read out, and we'll continue tomorrow.